Welcome today to the Christian Life and Leadership Podcast. My name is Tim Price, and in a moment, I want to share about raising strong children through their middle school years. Before we get there, however, I want to share an invitation. Every Tuesday, we post a new blog post, often with a podcast episode, mostly geared to ministry leaders in the church. We'd love to have you subscribe and join us. You can subscribe by going to timpriceblog.com. We'd love to have you. I also want to turn your attention to a couple of ebooks on our website. One is about parenting. Days are long, years are short. We also have uh, three others. One is for church staff, one is about volunteers and ministry, and one is for children's ministry, ideas you can use. So you can find out more about those at timpriceblog.com slash ebooks. Thanks for being with me on the podcast today, and we are going to get started here in just a moment. Thank you for joining us on the Tim Price Christian Life and Leadership Podcast. We're praying for each of our listeners, pastors, worship leaders, student ministry and kids ministry leaders, and the church in general. If you have any questions, connect with us at timpriceblog.com. Well, middle school years are a season of change. Learning independence, experiencing new things in life, navigating waters of friendship, school, self-awareness, adolescence, it's all part of going from kid to adult. Each person has to go through it, but the older I get, the harder it is to remember exactly what that was like. I also know that none of these parenting podcasts are a silver bullet. Sometimes you do everything right, and it doesn't seem like it works. Sometimes you don't do anything right, and it seems like everything turns out just fine. So the best we can do as we think about raising kids, being connected in a ministry to middle schoolers or any age kid, is to trust God that we are in the right place in the life of this child, that we are stewards of these children in our lives. And so over the last few years, I've had a middle schooler in my home, uh, one girl or the other, and it's been fun to be a parent of a middle school student. But also in addition to that, over the last 25, 30 years now, I've spent a lot of hours um, at summer camps and at conferences, retreats, and events with student ministry. And most often that has been middle school students. And it's always awesome to be in their lives, to have our paths crossed, to intersect, to be thinking about the fact that we are making an impression in how they will grow up in their discipleship, in their faith, and in their gifts and graces, that things in their lives are being awakened at this very moment. But this transition still requires parents to step up like they haven't before. Not too long ago, I read a book called Seasons of Change, Parenting Your Middle Schooler with Passion and Purpose. It was by an author named Rebecca Powell. And this book really does have a lot of great, simple reminders to parents and uh, to cherish this time of life with their middle school student, and really their soon-to-be adults. This time passes so quickly. Well, before I get to the five tips that were included in this book that kind of inspired me, I also just want to share that I've heard other angles about middle school, how difficult it was or is how it's one of the toughest times in the life of a kid, especially in the school realm. And I don't know if you uh, have heard this from other people, but kids can really be mean to each other. It can be tough for kids growing up, trying to get through life. And there's so many different angles to this. I just want to make sure before I run through this list, that if there is something major going on in raising your middle school student in your relationships or in their lives, dealing with something that might just be, feels like it's out of control or out of your realm, 
I just want to make sure that we all know that it's totally okay and fine to connect with, to come alongside people, to invite people to help either in professional world or just in other relationships. And uh, the church is one of those places. It's very important for your child to be a part of ministry in a church to be connected. So I'm going to just run through these five tips. Now, it's been a little while since I read this book, and so I want to give credit to the author and the book for some of these ideas, although I think when I was putting this podcast script together, the ideas were tweaked a little bit, just kind of inspired in general from this focus on raising strong middle school students, especially through those tough years. So here we go with number one. Raise a strong kid, not just a safe kid. The goal isn't to keep kids safe. The goal is to help them grow into strong adults. We want them to discover who they are in Christ, find faith to stand on their own two feet, and to meet the challenge of living in a world while making a difference with the gifts they've been given. Safe kids just don't have a chance to have that kind of impact. The best place a student can be as they grow in faith and in life is in the center of God's will. We have to give our children the kind of experiences that help them to grow in faith and in strength in their own lives and by God's grace. And so we want to raise a strong kid, not just a safe one. And that goes along with faith in general, that way too often in our church and our Christian homes, we wind up raising nice kids who really are good kids, give the shirt off their back and will do anything and they have a good reputation and aren't raw around the edges. But that doesn't really help get at the heart of what Gen Z really wants to be and do as disciples. They've seen enough, even without really even thinking about it, of a church that may not seem like it has the kind of impact that the church was meant to have by God's Holy Spirit in us. And so we don't want to just raise up nice kids. We want kids to have the opportunity to sink their teeth into what it means to be a disciple. And middle school is not too early to begin that. But it's also, at the same time, not too late just because you have an early teen, preteen, or just budding teenager that all of a sudden acts like or seems like they don't want to have any control in their lives from others, that's when a parent needs to step in. If you're going to raise a strong kid, you have to let them know that they are under authority, your authority, by God's grace. And it is okay for you to set the rules, to set the parameters, to give a growing, maybe, boundary that allows them to not only know where they fit, know where they're comfortable, know where they are safe and can have a safety net, but also to expand a little bit their reach and their hopes and their dreams and open up for exploring. But you as the parent have the opportunity to make sure as long as you are the parent of a team that they can know that this home attends worship together. We go to church. It's a non-negotiable. We are a part of this together. And that's just a little piece to the ingredient of helping them to grow in faith, to raise a strong kid, not just a safe one. Number two, no Bible, no breakfast. I feel like I just shared this on a podcast not too long ago, a little mantra that's kind of come to me and one that I've shared here and there in our house, although I don't think we harp on it too much. It's just a good reminder. And I think it came from this book that it's an easy axiom to not teach legalism, but to ground your kids and yourself into the habit 
of reading God's Word each day. With today's technology, it's awesome to be able to pull up the Bible app on your device and read and study and do plans and all those things. But even if you just open the Bible app first thing every morning and read that daily scripture passage, the chapter or the verse or whatever it is you have there, that is going to make a difference as you grow. It's going to help your child develop that habit each morning. And if they didn't do it as they open their eyes in bed, grabbing their device, maybe you just do it at the breakfast table. And even if you don't all eat breakfast together, like we really don't in our family, every once in a while we converge at the same time and it's always a blessing and a fun conversation. But many days it's one and then another and then another and then another and that's okay, but you can still build in the tradition. that As you sit down with your bowl of cereal or yogurt or pancake or whatever it is that you're having, you open up the Bible app and read that verse. No Bible, no breakfast. It's an easy thing to remember and instill one simple habit into the life of your middle schooler. Number three, triple A friendships. We want to guide our middle school students through developing great friendships. It's an impressionable time in their lives. They need their hearts guarded. They need to know that their parents are got their back and that they're with them. But we also need to help them begin to understand that It's their life. It's going to be their community, their people, their sharing, their learning how to give and take in relationships with friends, to be let down sometimes, to be able to hold somebody up sometimes. Here are the three A's that friendships include. Accountability, advice, and authenticity. Help navigate friendships during the middle school years with your student, guys or girls. Slightly different between guys and girls, I think. There's a little more possibly drama with the idea of best friends and and who's your friend and if there's two or three or four friends. I've, I've heard at least that guys kind of have more of a pack of friends and girls tend to have one or two close friends. And I think that's part of the reason that there can be some struggle sometimes. But as children are learning and growing during this time in life, the voices that speak into their lives are crucial. So we need to let them know that friendships the company they keep, the people they are around, the people they have on their social media, they are going to become like those people. So we have to guide them through these three A's of accountability, advice, and authenticity. We want their friendships to be grounded and authentic and opportunities to be together and to connect and to learn and grow together and learn about each other. And as authentic friendships, most often that is face-to-face. Social media and digital stuff is also great, but we want them to be authentic friends. And as far as accountability goes, we want their friendships to help grow their faith, not just drag them down or have them be in a a fight to try to live out their faith while also trying to live a different sort of life on this other time slot. And we could go into a lot with that, but accountability is important. We want to invest so that our kids have Christian friends, that they have a circle of kids students that they can call their own, feel like they belong, and grow in their believing in Jesus. And then advice is always great for friendships because we are teaching each other all the time. And I think that's where that little thing comes in that if you uh, take your five closest friends and people you hang around with the most, and you take a look, a stock of their attributes and attitudes and lifestyle that you can pretty much look at your own life and see the same thing. We become like those around us. And so we want to make sure that we are building triple A 
friendships and teaching our middle school students to do that well. Well, number four, we want to teach our middle school students that turbulent waters aren't bad. Life lessons most often can only be learned through life experience. So what if your child doesn't get their project finished? Should a parent stay up all night long and try to finish it up with them? Or what if the child doesn't get on the team? Should the parent step in and go talk to the leaders and say, what happened here? And many times there is something to helping your child uh, figure things out to making sure that we stay up late to get the child to learn that, well, they didn't do their homework earlier. So now you pretty much have to stay up and do it. And, and part of that standing by them as they go through that will help them understand in the future. Other times I've done myself or I've seen other people do it where it's just kind of sink or swim and you didn't write the project down or you put the deadline on the wrong date or whatever the issue might be. And you're just going to have to deal with the consequences because the consequences will probably teach you more than the squeaking out of making it happen at the very last possible minute. So the discipline of working hard is probably going to make a difference in our lives more than you stepping in to solve the problems. I heard somebody once say that every kid should get cut from a team just to get the sense that failure isn't the end, that we aren't our failure. We are separate from our failures and that those things are just little hiccups and barriers and, and, um, issues along the road that we have to learn to overcome and that give us inspiration to keep trying harder, to work harder for dreams and desires, or it might even give us the impression that we're not gonna, you know, go that route anymore. So turbulent waters aren't bad for kids. I mentioned that I've been a part of a lot of camps and middle school events. And one of the things that I, um, sort of differently than a lot of my ministry friends in in those arenas and realms of of middle school ministry. One of the things I always enjoy is the talent shows at camps. Now, some camps we've been to have even done away with talent shows because if you've ever been to a middle school talent show, it can be quite painful. And there are all kinds of things that are just total silliness. But one thing I've noticed over the years is that when a student gets up to sing, or perform of any kind at a camp talent show, the crowd is always appreciative. They're always encouraging. Everybody claps no matter what happens. It's just sort of the way it is. But there is a different kind of clapping when everyone notices a particular talent in a middle school or high school student. And so everybody claps at everything, but when a student sings really, really well, or plays an instrument really, really well, or performs speaking of any kind or comedy or whatever they're going to do really, really well is a different kind of applause. It's a more genuine and, Hey, you've got to keep working on that gift kind of applause. One of the saddest things I've witnessed is when somebody hits their early twenties and you can tell that they never had the opportunity to either confirm or deny the gift that they thought they had or wanted to have. And I don't want this to be a downer, but We want to help our middle schoolers at that age when rebounding is easy to let them know, no, that's not really you. 
you're going to have to keep trying to find out who God created you to be. No, you're not really a great singer. And you don't say it in those words, but you definitely appreciate and applaud those times when things are really going well. Turbulent waters aren't bad for a kid. They've got to know that even though we can set our mind and do all kinds of things, there's no way you can do everything. And if you don't have a particular giftedness for something, you have to make a change. I love another phrase I heard that you have to grow the tree you have. You might want your kid to excel in sports, but if sports isn't their thing, then you have to grow the tree you have. God gave you this person. You nurture them, you love them, you encourage them, you give them opportunities, and you help them to discover what gifts lie in their lives and in their hearts. And you help awaken those by God's grace so that they can be a part of kingdom work, grow in faith, and follow God all their lives using their gifts and their potential. So back to that little talent show idea. If a kid performs at a talent show and people kind of realize, hey, that was great that they had courage to get up there, but no, they're not that great of a singer. They've got a couple opportunities at that point. One is they might just get the vibe that they didn't get the intense applause. They just got the glad you were up there applause. And that might be enough. But they also might say, wait a minute, I really want to be a singer. And so now they are going to have to double down. They're going to have to really work hard. They're going to have to make something happen if that dream is going to take root and become part of who they are. So turbulent waters apply in all those areas, in sports, in music, in any kind of art, in any kind of gift, in learning, all those things. We want to help our kids uh, know that there are consequences to their choices, that there is an outcome to good discipline and good habits, and that their decisions are going to matter. Number five, for parents of middle schoolers to help them grow stronger, we have to step up and step in. Our middle schoolers are ready to stretch their wings to some degree, and we need to provide space and allow for it. We just can't hit the brakes when we're dealing with middle school students. You just can't keep your child young forever. And there's this sort of thought that, you know, kids are or babies are cute, and then you get the terrible twos, and you got to walk through that, and then all of a sudden you got the little kid who's just kind of fun and cute, and then they hit adolescence and kind of become uh, kind of a whole different creature. And often we might hit the brakes, but instead we have to hit the gas pedal. And as parents, we have to travel with our child on their journey to adulthood. Now is the time your middle school student needs you to talk to, to spend time to hear about your life growing up and going through teenage years. And those times are hard to come by. Very often in the movies, at least, it's kind of portrayed that the parent is talking and the kid is texting or the parent is talking and the kid only gives one-word answers. And, and maybe you've experienced those exact same things. But your kid, your child, still needs you to be there in their lives. Middle school students need their parents to be there for them. There's a comfort and a a place of safety, knowing that they are loved, even if they don't act like it or respond to it like you would think. We're raising students who have a desire to know what it means to live a successful life as an adult. They have that desire, and so we need to make that available to them. We need to be their parents, and not their buddies, but their parents. So we need to have students who are seeking out to have a heart for faith, for God, and not just nice kids, as we mentioned before. Kids 
will see the world differently because they have had an opportunity to experience these things. One, that they've been raised as a strong kid, not just a safe kid. Number two, that they've been raised knowing that they need scripture, they need God in their lives, even before breakfast, even more than food. We need God's presence in our lives. We need friendships, and these triple A friendships are so important that God is faithful and that we are going to make it through turbulent waters. It's not bad to go through challenges. It's hard now, makes you want to cry now, but it's going to be good for you in the long run. So we're going to walk through it in faith. And the last thing is we need parents who engage. They don't hit the brakes and give up. They hit the gas pedal and journey with their child. Well, thank you again for joining me on this podcast. If I can be helpful to you, let me know. You can visit the coaching page on my blog, timpriceblog.com. And I would love to have an opportunity to uh, just join in a conversation with you. If you're serving in ministry and student ministry or worship or kids or or leading your church or, or volunteering in any kind of role, often just a couple conversations might help gain a little clarity for the ministry in which you serve. And uh, sometimes it's just uh, hard to see it when you're right in the middle of it. So I'd love to connect with you with that. If you're interested, you can just visit timpriceblog.com slash coaching. Well, until next time, blessings on you, and thanks so much for being a part of our Christian Life and Leadership podcast. We're glad you're listening to the Tim Price Christian Life and Leadership podcast for church leaders, Christian parents, and disciples of Jesus. In addition to this podcast, which started the Suite of Harvest podcasts, we also host Faithful Friday five-minute devotion each week, and we have the Worship Leader Toolbox for worship leaders. You can find out more about each of these at harvestministryteams.com slash podcasts.